when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to the latest Waypoint 101 episode. Uh, I'm your host, Austin Walker. We are digging into the game Zombie U, a.k.a. Zombie. We're going to the the London Underground and uh, prepping. We're prepping. We're preppers now. Welcome to the Prepper Podcast. I'm your host, Austin underscore Underground Walker. The zombies can't get you if you live underground. Joining can we, me, can we even do preppers. this podcast without Vinny Caravella? Can you, I, can you do it? Prep- <laughs> I'll call Vinny and I'll ask him to send me his bug out bag, uh, which is an item you you can get, in, which is an important item in the game Zombie U. Uh, that is the host of, of, or that is the the voice of of, of our co host and uh, also survivalist Patrick Klepik. Hello, Patrick K Bar Klepik. Also joining us, uh, zombie attack himself, Rob Zachney. Zachney <laughs> is short for zombie attack. There will be no warning. Wow. I'll just be on them with a club so quickly. <laughs> they won't even have a chance to react. Uh, Rob Zachney, of course, coming to us live from the, 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 the front uh, against the billions of zombies. They are, they are billions has prepped you for zombie U, I hope. Or maybe vice versa, given the order of play, maybe. Vice versa, I would say Zombie U uh, was the fire in which I was forged. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had to unlearn a lot of bad lessons that, uh, <laughs> like, not serious or unrealistic uh, zombie games, like Left for Dead, more like Left for Trash, uh, taught me about Great. fighting zombies. Um, and and now, now I know the true way. Uh, ammunition is, is precious. A cricket bat is your only friend. Yeah, true. True. Uh, it, the, the, it turns out the only people to survive the the England apocalypse are pro cricket players. You got to know about sticky wickets if you're going to survive the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. Uh, so we played Zombie U. Um, and and as a reminder for people who maybe listened to past Waypoint One Hundred Ones but missed uh the article or the conversations we we've had about this episode uh, before, um, we're just going to do a single episode. Uh, we we kind of picked a a spot in the game, the the Tower of London, uh, attempted escape. Uh, and and we're gonna kind of like that's the sp- the spot at which we are we all definitely played up to. I actually played a little bit past that, uh, but we're gonna talk openly about spoilers about the whole game. Um and and you know you can you should feel free to listen to this whether or not you've played the game whether or not you've gotten to that point as long as you're cool with those spoilers. Uh, we're gonna keep that up going forward. We're gonna kind of basically des- decide that at the top like oh what's the game we want to check out that le- that opens us up to a bunch of games that would be too long for us to do a waypoint one on one with. Um, but of course we're leaving open the possibility that maybe we decide to play something that's longer and decide hey you know what let's do a second episode for this actually uh and we'll take that as it comes you know um. 
but first, like, let's just talk about Zombie U. Uh, what do people think about that? Rob, Patrick, what were your, your thoughts after putting some time into this game? I, I played it before, so I'm curious, uh, as someone that has not played it before, Rob, like, what you took or didn't take to the game, especially in light of, uh, for me, having experienced the game back when it launched in Wii U, I have certain... Uh, I guess even nostalgia, even for just that, that's not that long ago, but it's long enough, yeah. uh, uh, to, to revisit a game like this. So I'm curious, Rob, kind of like what you took from it to kind of start off. Yeah. I mean, I played a little bit of it on, uh, on Wii U at a friend's house, but it was like, I, I damn near bought the Wii U for this game. <laughs> uh, but I could never quite bring myself to pull the trigger. Um, I mean, I absolutely adore it. I mean, to me, it really feels like um, almost the closest we're going to get to like what a John Carpenter movie, like a game version of a John Carpenter movie, would feel like. Uh, it, it it feels it, it feels kind of it has the feel of like a great B movie. Um, it's it's kind of crude. There's a little bit of like good jank, but also it's like very consciously wearing the slightly like toxic uh you know distressed aesthetic really really well and so you know right from the first it it just feels it just it feels uncomfortable and oppressive and unsettling in a way that i think really makes a strength out of what could be the game's weaknesses and uh i was never able to resist that like i i just I admire so much the both the aesthetic and then the pacing and the combat dynamics uh, where it is a game where you were consistently just one mistake away from death. Yeah, I would say uh, the one of the things that I found uh, sort of interesting revisiting it was that uh, like it, zombies are kind of hard to make scary anymore, <laughs> like just through like sheer saturation of, of media. Um, um, and even if you aren't interested in horror like like zombies are so predominant through all sorts of media that like i think we have sort of a a cultural saturation of our uh sort of our ability to sort of be scared by them as a a, sort of a a creature um and yet uh even though i was revisiting uh zombie u i like found the way that they structure their creatures to even though i've like gone through the intro of that game probably half a dozen times um whether it's through like streams or like revisiting the game or playing the pc version to cover that when it originally came out and they ported it um like they're like the zombies are incredibly effective in this game the atmosphere is still incredibly effective in this game and i think part of this because the 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 you know as we'll talk through the, the gameplay works in concert with the aesthetic in a way that heightens uh both of those things but even just on like a very like basic level like i find uh although like the actual design of the zombies isn't anything altogether unique like the movements are erratic and creepy uh that work both on a mechanical level because it kind of messes up your, your flow when it uh, comes to uh sort of like figuring out how you're going to attack them with a, a cricket packet um and then uh it, it's also the kind of thing that um there's kind of the, the the echoes off in the distance the noises they make are uh like the kind of screams uh that, that kind of happen idly in the background i found to be um still uh, unnerving uh now and so yeah, I, I guess my initial impression going back to the game was actually I was impressed that aesthetically and sort of uh, in terms of tension, it holds up but remarkably well, um, given how fast horror, especially as a genre, loses its ability to sort of imbue with that, imbue you with that feeling because 
um, often horror video games are, are sort of inexorably tied to technology in a way that uh, some other games maybe don't lose their atmosphere nearly as quickly. Yeah, I, I definitely want to say that, like, I think the atmosphere of this game is is one of its selling points, and it does a lot with a little. Um, there aren't that many, you know, uh, areas in this game all said. Uh, you know, you, you think a game from, from Ubisoft, you tend to think, like, okay, this is going to have a great deal of breadth and, and uh, variety in terms of just, like, space. It's going to have a lot of space, and then hopefully it will have a lot of breadth and variety. This game doesn't have a lot of space, but it does still manage to communicate a lot of different kind of... Uh, communities and and areas in london to you um because each of those spaces does feel distinct in in terms of its geometry in terms of of uh, its basic look uh and in terms of like the enemies that you come across like, and some of that's really simple it's like fighting the the palace guards when you're at buckingham palace uh versus kind of fighting you know people who are clearly dressed to go to work when you're just out in the streets uh versus fighting some some people in like military or riot you know police gear uh else, elsewhere um but at the same time, I actually think that I had the Rob Zachney binary domain experience here, which was it just didn't click in the way that I, I want it to click for me the way it's clicked for y'all. Um, I can see that game. Uh, in fact, I can see that game partially because I've played other versions of of it uh, here or there, you know, maybe not even to completion. But um, as a number of people wrote about on our forums, uh, this game had me wondering if I should revisit um, – uh, Dying Light, another zombie game, uh, another post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic zombie game that has been on my back burner for way too long. Um, uh, or, or there are elements of it in which I can easily, immediately point to State of Decay and say, "Oh, this did the thing I wish that Zombie U did." Um, but primarily, the the biggest one for me is just I wasn't. I can count on one hand the number of times I was scared, and I think those moments are really good. Um, or the, the number of times that I felt like the combat was hard for me to, uh, not hard for me, engaging to, 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 to play with, uh, you know, the, in which I was being careful about where my, the enemies were, in which I felt like the tools at my disposal were fun to use or interesting to use. Um, and, and those big ones for me across both of those are like very big set piece moments that I think were handled really well. Um, the, the bit with the chopper at the very end of the, the section that we've decided to play through to the, the kind of Tower of London escape sequence is really cool because it's like the first time I felt overwhelmed. Um, I actually died in the Tower of London to something incredibly cheap and not that moment as the only death I had in the game, uh, which is like a zombie in a tunnel that I couldn't back away from quick enough to not get hit. And I, it, it, like monster closeted, like it wasn't in front of me. It wasn't on my radar. Then it was there and it hit me and killed me in one hit, uh, which is a bummer. Um, but the, the zombie sequence at the end of that, where there's just like a bunch of them closing in on you is really cool. The boss fight against, there's like a zombie. I don't know if either of you got there, but did you get to the school? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I've, okay. yeah so, I've finished the game for, and, this, and the school is a an especially strong It's a moment. really cool place because it's so compact compared to the rest of the world. Um, like, you're used to these kind of big open courtyards and city streets that give you a lot of wiggle room, and suddenly there are just zombies everywhere on the stairwells and in these, like, tiny cafeteria rooms and in the basement. And then you have this boss fight against uh, a zombie who fucks up your radar um, and who kind of teleports around, and that fight was really fucking cool. Um, and there's like one or two other moments similar to that, that I think the, you know, I think that the, the fight in the arena, it was really, really good because it's very well designed to push you to your limits. Um, but I just never really had that experience of, 
you know, across the whatever 12, 15 hours I put into this thing, I never really had that experience of feeling like I was um, managing combat in a way that was particularly uh, not just challenging, but again, engaging. Like, I didn't feel like I was counting my steps, so to speak, the way hmm. I was hoping to. And I think part of that is like shows up in the fact that I only died once, which means I only got to engage in the kind of like loop of lose a survivor, go find the survivor once. Um, and then the biggest surprise for me was I didn't know that when you died, the zombies you killed stayed dead. Um, because when I went to go get my body back, I was just like walking past this empty through this empty level where there was nothing between me and my body again. And I felt like that somehow broke, you know, I'm not just looking for dark souls here, but it broke the feeling of like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. This is a problem because there was no difficulty in getting back to where I was previously. I just waltzed up to the crawling zombie that killed me once and hit it in the head. I literally could instant kill it because it was not a difficult zombie. It was just like a random it's, zombie. You you had like you have had a very strange version of playing this game because I like like every time that I died when I played this game originally, and when even when I died uh, uh, a couple times this time, I didn't get nearly as far um, um, this time around. But mm-hmm. I have a deep remembrance of that. Like I, I guess I had more of like the the atypical or like the the typical experience they would want you to have, where it's uh-huh. like when I did die, it was because I like misjudged like a swing, got hit once, then right. everything built on top of one another. So when I did go back to try and seek out um, like my backpack, like there were four got you know four zombies right. there and then and i didn't, didn't have uh, the stuff you had right when you when you respawn i think you what well, you respawn with uh, uh a pistol and uh uh and the and the cricket bat and the or well, the cricket bat and the flashlight and then the pistol is the most like common uh, weapon you I can think you, come across you a can't second drop time? that pistol that pistol's with you forever i tried is to, it, I, yeah i was trying to remember exactly yeah, how that yeah, yeah. how that worked but then like i had a crate the whole game filled with other weapons i couldn't bring with me anyway so when i died i was like oh i'll just use this other shotgun i'll just use this other assault rifle or whatever so i never felt like i was at i, I think i had like the reverse um what's that the reverse like shooter problem like the like, like a side-scrolling shooter where like you know if you're playing um uh uh life force or or a game like there are type or something where it's like all right if you fucking die you lose all your power-ups and you're fucked by the time i died i'd already stockpiled so much stuff i was a prepper like every time i went back to base i dumped all my stuff into my bag yep and so like my next character came out super prepped, like, okay, I have a ton of weapons, a ton of ammo, a ton of healing, so going back out there was not a problem, you know? And then I got there expecting to have to fight through the same horde again, and then didn't have to do that. And I think that's fine. Like, I, I do, I suspect I had an atypical experience, and not because, I think I just got lucky, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you roll the mm, dice a hundred... It sounds to me like you were just too good for this game. <laughs> like, no, no, but I, I mean, like, I mean, but too... And also too like in some ways uh, too cautious and too preparatory in a way that like allowed you to, to avoid right. some of the situations the game expects you to kind of fumble into. Like I had this great moment, which I remember uh, exploring this when the game first came out, and then forgetting it can happen, which is that I died during the tutorial. Oh of- shit. This game, so like when yes, the game, no, first time I played it, same thing. So when the game opens, it's like it's like ah, there's zombies and there's a <laughs> there's a there's a dude yelling at you over a radio. He's like, hey man, you gotta you gotta get away, and you're supposed to basically at this point like learn how to uh, to move to to uh, to look around and to hold and to you know click in the stick to run. Well, in my mind, I just had to click the stick to start running. I think because of Monster oh, Hunter, and what you right. have to do is hold the stick 
to start uh, uh, running. And you can run pretty fast in this game yeah. um, once you actually start sprinting. But I screwed that up. And so what was happening was that I turned around the corner, got to the ladder that I clearly had to get up to to keep going, and a zombie would pull me down from the ladder Fuck. and then attack me. And there was I turned around, and there were seven zombies. And they're all just slowly tearing apart at me. And then uh, in the intro, 30 seconds into the game, uh, I, it, you die, and then it cuts to, you know, the zombie uh, logo as a, you know, they clearly were aware that, like, they expected you in some ways right. to die during that intro, and so that they, they found, like, a, a clever way to, like, still do sort like of the title, title card. card. Yeah, that's really um, cool. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and then you Looks- wake up again in the, you know, the actual prepper thing, and the game just picks up like nothing ever happened. Yeah, and, and we should set the stage just a little bit here. Um so the entire game is based out of this uh, like safe house, basically, that the voice over the radio and the person who's going to be the voice in your ear for the entire game, uh, a.k.a. the prepper. The prepper. Um, <laughs> he, boy, talk about a gratifying survivalist fantasy. <laughs> uh, and the guy is spooky in the way that hardcore survivalists oh, yeah. uh, can, oh, yeah. can often be. But um, so everything is based out of this uh, safe house, and that's where you store your equipment. Uh, but your survivor itself is expendable, and I for sure died uh, the very first time I played the game in that tutorial as well, right at the ladder in the exact same way. Very good. And it's a really effective way of like the game driving home. Uh, your sur- your survivor is not you. Your survivor is not the narrative vessel for this game. It's just a tool basically being maneuvered around by the prepper. Uh, and when one survivor dies, you take up a new survivor uh, and continue on with the main mission structure and narrative uh, of the game. And it's all set in this, yeah, like post-apocalyptic uh, London, except it's very much a, um, oh, what is the way to put this? When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's a... It is an endearing collection of like London stereotypes. Yeah, uh, it's like it's endearing for it's us like, as as Yankees who are who maybe are not just like looking at this this like postcard version of of post apocalyptic London to the down to like it feels like these zombies are in cosplay sometimes. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it feels a little bit like the the way that like often you know the, the major cities portrayed in video games are American mm-hmm. cities. And often those are developed not necessarily by, uh, or the way like New York is portrayed. The mountains by, like, of Chicago and watchdogs. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, like there's like it. It was actually kind of interesting to have that sort of license on, uh, or artistic license, maybe me stretching it on on a different city because yes, it does feel just like a postcard, but in a way that kind of made me laugh. But where, yeah, and speaking of laughable, where this game starts to really uh, spread its wings and soar, uh, let us say is that all the systems failed. Uh, obviously, like, the government failed to keep anyone safe. Uh, their quarantine zones, they failed. It all went to hell in the predictable fashion that zombie apocalypses do. Uh, but all of this was prophesied. Oh, yeah. By John D. <gasps> 
uh, spy advisor to Elizabeth I. And the original 007. Exactly. And crucially, crucially, the queen herself, the English monarchy, mm-hmm. was the primary bulwark between England and, and we are talking about England more than the UK here. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it was the primary uh, bulwark between, uh, between England and the zombie apocalypse. Uh, like, the queen is a major, like, offstage character in this narrative, which is hilarious. Yeah. Like, this is, this is a version of, of Britain where, like, the monarchs are carefully monitoring and doing things, uh, you know, throughout the situation. It's really funny. I like. I definitely was like very eye rolling about this whole story. And then a a, uh, a follower, a fan, Craig wrote in to say that something's really interesting about our waypoint one hundred ones. I don't know if either of you caught this, uh, but we now have played two games written by awesome British comics writer Anthony Johnson. Both Binary Domain and Zombie U <laughs> were written by the same person. Uh, Craig says, Johnson is very prolific in comics, and folks might have seen his name recently, as he was responsible for the graphic novel The Coldest City, which was adapted into the Charlize Theron Theron action thriller Atomic Blonde, and he worked on Dead Space 1 and Dead Space Extraction 2. This guy sounds rad as hell. Uh And so then, like, I was like, oh, okay, I get all of this weird John D shit. This is so post-apocalyptic comics, British comics. Like, I can see it so clearly now next to an entire subgenre of comic stories. And it just it started weirdly in that context. It started working for me instead of putting it into a different zombie context for whatever reason. Just like, oh, yeah, this is a comic book story. John D prophecies. Sure. Why the fuck not? Um, I, I, I also but I also love that the. The prepper who, like, constantly reminds you that, hey, I called this shit. Yeah. This is why I was prepared for this. Like, it, it's nice in some ways to have a story where, like, you know, the conspiracy guy was right. InfoWars <laughs> called it. Fucking zombies. Like, we're coming, <laughs> and we should have gotten ready for it. Is it nice, Patrick? Well, like, well it hold turns, on. It, oh, hold on, though. It turns out, like, a twist on the character. Like, I, it, there, there is something to at least for once, once... Maybe they had a point. <laughs> okay, but I would actually say, so it's actually kind of a poignant thread. You uncover it through, like, news clippings yeah. and then personal Letters diaries. and diaries, yeah. Yeah, this guy used to be, the, the, this, he used to be part of this, like, secret society, the Ravens of D, uh, whose job was to make sure that they kept a lid on all this shit and got, got the country ready for the coming zombie plague. Um, and so he's the guy who's saying, like, Basically, as loud and as often as he can, like, don't forget, we know this thing is coming. We have evidence that it's coming. We need to get ready and we need to have a plan. And basically, by him not shutting the hell up about it and continuing to sound the alarm, like, it kind of comes clear that everyone just got sick of his shit. Yeah. And, like, Basically ghosted him out of out of the Ravens of D. Uh, he tries to warn the Queen. The prepper is this guy who gave up everything, trying to sound the alarm about this, you know, coming coming apocalypse. Um, and so there is kind of this really spiteful nastiness to the guy 
because like from his perspective, everyone had their chance to listen to him. And, and now he's just fucked. And now everyone's fucked. Yeah. Like I mean like he's he's antagonistic to the notion that there is a way out of this place, that there could be a cure. And so whenever you are or that it's worth helping anybody. Um the, you know, we actually got a, a really good response from uh one of our fans who who uh wrote in or who didn't just write in but but um wrote a, a blog post about this, Owen Owen Kettleson, who I think actually wrote about the last three point one oh one game we did too. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole post. You can find a link to it over on our forums, uh, discourse.zone. You can find the, the zombie U post and, uh, and find his link out to it there. But Owen writes, uh, there's an excerpt. Success in zombie is something that is passed from one character to the next. Every time a player character dies, the player must guide a new avatar back to the recently deceased one, kill it, and loot their important items back, after which the new survivor can continue on as if no death had ever taken place. Mission items, gun upgrades, and backpack upgrades all carry over to the next interchangeable player character. It's a true team effort, but this is where zombie gets thematically indecisive, because simultaneously, zombie tries to be the ultimate conspiracy theorist slash prepper fantasy, and can't have it both ways, as the game's plot argues for the lone wolf isolationism, while all the mechanical design emphasizes the collective power of the many. Uh, Owen kind of explains how narratively throughout the game, there are all these moments where you help people, and when you do, it leads to failure. So that's like, someone calls for help, and it turns out to be a trap. This guy needs you to go get him, med- you know, go get meds for his wife, and it turns out that when you come back, he's a zombie, and it's a trap. Uh, you know, the, the, I, I basically, anytime you try to help someone, you, you're offered a way out, and you try to climb the tower and get to the helicopter, and a flock of birds destroys the helicopter. <laughs> like, again and again and again, narratively, it all falls apart. Um, but also in the, in the actual gameplay, you're constantly actually working with all of the past lives that you played through to secure a cure and, and escape and save the world. And I think that that tension is actually really interesting because for the prepper, you know, he has his spirit broken when no one listens to him. And then he stops listening to other people when they say, we can fight this thing, um, and I, I kind of wish the game was a little more uh, – you dug into that maybe a little bit more. Maybe I'm asking too much for a zombie U to be <laughs> yeah. a narrative toward a force. But. I, th- I think this game is like accidentally interesting story-wise yeah. and like often feels as though it was – like you can see the pitch of this game like pretty clear – like the PowerPoint version of like the game they wanted to make when they were told, hey, you have to make a game for the Wii U. And then it's like, oh, right. <laughs> Let's put like a, we got to make a story for this. Like why? Okay, why are there zombies? The, and they just sort of happen to come up with. And I'm just not to take away from like what I do think is like interesting, like uh, sort of yeah. narratively about yeah. the story. But it feels you know incredibly tacked on in a way that like I almost can't. I respect as far as the game goes, but don't necessarily fault it for not going any further than sure, it does. Sure. I mean, the scene where you go to the gas station and come across that guy. I thought my like I thought I was hallucinating that entire cutscene. Yeah. It is like such a like it so it so feels at times like this game was basically done and then someone from Ubisoft came and visited the studio and was like, "Great, so uh you know, what what what's what's your narrative? What what's your story?" <laughs> right. And then everyone sort of looked around and was like, "Uh I've been reading these stories and <laughs> yeah. uh the author's great. We could get this guy to just stitch something in here for us." Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, I think that stuff is all interesting, and I think it, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily, I guess here's my actual, my actual complaint is that the mechanical side of the story is not as complex as I wish it was either. So, um, here's another quick note from someone in the forums, um, 
uh, Harry Harry Tomlinson, who who had a bunch of comments, but one of them was, it would have been really cool if each new character had some small bonus depending on their profession in life. Plus one to weapon skill for, for a police officer. Better healing items when used by a former nurse. Bonus armor if your builder still has their hard hat and steel toe caps. Um, my understanding is there is some of that actually in there from looking at the wiki that like certain characters do start with an extra gun or more ammo or you know a healing item or something but there isn't a lot of it and no it's pretty it's pretty light i would i you know this is the thing is like i one of my favorite games of the last decade is state of decay which leans way hard into this and this game was never trying to be a state of decay it was never trying to model like a home base filled with uh with npcs and like player character relationships and stuff but no, I, this is just like sort of like sprinkling on top of like the the zombie game. They totally, made. totally. But I could imagine a version of it where instead of having one character, you have three or four that are randomly chosen, and after each time you come back home and and save the game, you have to switch to another character or something, and then they each have a different ability or something like that. Like I can imagine ways in which they could communicate that notion of like you're just a random person who who the prepper found and led to this HQ, and now this group of people has to go out there and solve it or or something like that where they do feel like unique people and not just the face I am right now, you know? Uh, it's also a game that uh, doesn't uh, – is hurt slightly by playing it in the way that we have, which is uh, right. late after none of our friends are playing because one of the unique parts of the multiplayer of this game – I don't know if this carried over into the ports, but this was definitely true of the Wii U one where uh, – I believe it was – I believe the way the mechanic worked was that when your friends died, they populated the world in oh, your game. cool. So that – um, the idea being you could not only come across, you know, like, let's say you, you know, you, uh, you died and all your shit was with, uh, that one survivor. And then suddenly you're, you know, you're, you're totally fucked. Well, may, you know, you increase your chances of being able to find like some good equipment because right. you like the, the items that you find on random, uh, zombies like aren't particularly good. Um, uh, but the ones that you might find on a friend who died in the game might like kind of, you know, allow you to kind of turn, uh, your game around. And like, I mm. thought that was like a, I never experienced that. Cause I like largely played the game ahead of like the launch of the Wii U. Right. But, um, it was one of those, like, it, it's a game that, uh, and you know, uh, it's a game that would have made a, I think a really cool sequel. Like there's so many, like, I really like zombie U and a lot of what it does. Like it's, there's a reason it's like one of my favorite, sort of zombie games of all time, but I also look back on it with some regret that because of where it was tied to on the Wii U and because it was a platform that a lot of people didn't really get on board with, especially at launch, like maybe they came to it later when like the, you know, the Mario games were coming out for it. But, but generally speaking, it's, it's, it's a game that kind of missed a lot of people um, because I just think, I think a sequel could have been, could have gone in a lot of directions that would have been profoundly interesting. And they, they could have done some of the stuff that you, that you talked about. Apparently, there was also the the Dark Souls, the Soulsborn style message system in the original game, where you could leave messages on the walls and on the floors using icons that you could see when you went into the like scanner mode, which would have been so cool. I would have loved to have seen that stuff actually. Um, uh, and, and like again, that's kind of a bummer, but but speaks to a, a larger question about games like this in terms of archival and like re- revisiting them. Because maybe some of those little things would have been enough for me to come away being like, man, that was a really novel and interesting experience. But no, I don't think like so. I don't think so. Like eh. you just didn't die. You didn't die enough. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like yeah. like fundamentally to this experience, like you like the game whiffed on like uh, making you experience more yeah, like suspense and tension. Like that is like all the other things that the game didn't click for you. I think would have clicked 
had that initial part come but together. But think about how much more I would have died if I was always busy looking for messages from internet people. I would have just been so much more vulnerable. But offline, once you go offline, you're so much safer. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, for me, I think like for me, this is very much a game that lives and is at its best in those moments where nothing has happened, but there's like the looming promise of something about to happen. Right. Like, a, like the thing I remember clearest uh, from the run up to Buckingham Palace uh, when, when you're trying to break into the palace is you go to this uh, army barricade that was built up around the around the palace, and it's all basically. Uh, you know, containers and trailers and bar- barricades and, and, and tents. And it's this driving rainstorm. Um, and this, again, tremendous uh, audio and visual design, like uh, the, the few lamps that are burning in the area uh, completely blow out. Like, you're, like the entire way the game looks has a very early digital camera uh, aesthetic. So Ooh. like everything is grainy as hell. Like it looks like you're looking through a slightly like uh, flawed lens. Uh, and then like bright light sources completely overwhelm, uh, you know, <laughs> the sensors. And so it just completely blows out uh, wherever the light source is. And then there's all like these, these hammer, the rain hammering against these, uh, you know, tin containers and you feel like you can't hear anything. And I remember like, and you have to keep going through like these narrow little, like, like files to to get through from from one part to the next, and for me, like, and this is where where this game was at its best. It wasn't when the zombie burst out of the room or start or I hit the trigger and then suddenly bunches of zombies started coming into the area. It was those moments where like I'm standing in a clearing and I'm safe and I cleared it and I'm you know there's nothing to worry about, and I'm staring down like a dark apparently featureless corridor towards something i need to get to Mm -hmm. like to me that is that for me is like that's zombie you uh that's that like it is that moment of anticipation and dread and this feeling that like once you go in there you have no situational awareness you won't be able to you won't have freedom of movement and anything could happen and you have to be perfect uh that for me is where this game lives there was this moment I had when uh, I played the game uh, originally, uh, which was as far and away my sort of most memorable death, was there's a section I think you go through the sewers um, uh, or some sort of like sewer system or something, something like that. But anyway, like uh, you're – there's this, a section where you had to like cross a bunch of like kind of like rickety wooden planks and yeah. there's like really steep things uh, below you. Like you kind of just have to make your way across and – I was like pretty confident. I hadn't. I don't think I died in the game, other than like like an early death that like was largely inconsequential. But this was like at the point where like had a bunch of shit, was feeling confident, was kind of kind of moving through the game. And I remember going across that rickety uh, pseudo bridge. Uh, a zombie kind of came stumbling out of nowhere. I looked over to it, backed off, and instead of backing towards like an area that i could i just backed right off of the plank fell down immediately died made my body irrecoverable right all the stuff was immediately gone and it was one of those like like thematic mechanically uh like like felt like felt utterly realistic in a sense of like what would actually happen in this scenario if this was actually play out it's your own anxiety it's your own fear it's your own you turn around you twist your ankle you fall off knock your head and like it's just over and it was like 
shocking and like scary and infuriating, but like the more I looked back on it, it was like that is exactly like the kind of moment I wish the game had more of. It like made the game for me in a lot of ways yeah. because of like these sort of snap like what? Look back off, boom, like just all over in a matter of like ten seconds. Um and it's uh yeah, it's just the the game if you have those moments which are like it's tough because, like, the, the game, uh, it's, it, I mean, it is, it, it's very scripted in a, in a sense. Like, it's not, like, really dynamic, like, the, the you know, the, the creatures are where the creatures right. are. Um, they don't have, like, big AI routines that you're going to be playing around with. And so it's, like, when you kind of walk into their set piece, like, if, you know, and this is kind of what you ran into, it's, like, if you break the set piece, then, uh, or don't react to it in a way that maybe they're hoping to prod, like, it doesn't work nearly as well with the exception of like the one, like, you know, when you go, uh, there's the, is the school different than the children's playroom? That's the place. That's the place. Yeah. Right. Which is like, and that's the one moment in the game where they like, they deliberately script out a whole lot of like the scares and what they want you to kind of be. It's the one time where it's like a very traditional horror horror game. game. Um, It explodes at the end in a way that did get me very close. Like, so I'd say like the, while I only died once, I did have a number of moments where I had close calls, and the closest of those calls was from beating that boss through getting back to the safe house in that zone. Because so you get through that, you get through that uh, that fight, and I think you end up getting the thing that lets you unlock card scan doors by scan or card swipe doors by scanning them. And on the way out, the prepper calls and is like, "Oh, there's a bunch of zombies coming! Get out of there!" and in all of the ways that you got scared and fell off the back of a thing, I got, you know, uh, startled by the amount of zombies who were gonna, who were on screen suddenly and was making bad plays and was like not managing my back, was not making sure that there wasn't a zombie behind me, was not making sure that I had a clear third direction to go to and ended up getting kind of like, very close to killed in one at one moment and what i ended up doing to get out of it was i let it i ran into a zombie so that it would grab me so that i could use the zombicide that would kill it instantly and then I, that freed up a pathway for me to run down and heal really quick and if that game if the game had like seven more of those moments instead of one or two more of those moments i would think i'd be way higher on it even though i didn't die because that like that exchange and then it ends up coming out into this courtyard and then you have to kind of wait as a door gets unlocked by the prep for you and again i was like overwhelmed and weak and like running behind cover and like really just trying to like spin my wheels long enough for that door to open and almost got killed again because of my like over ambition because i was trying i was being too aggressive and not and not uh uh, defensive enough like that stuff did work for me and i just wish there had been one i wish there had been more of it and two i wish there had been cause for me to dip into the into the tool bag a little bit more um there's a letter from or a post on the forums from Jade Kiwi who says, uh, Zombie U is obviously trying to have this really mechanics-focused philosophy for gameplay with the mechanical representation of tools and equipment and looting and the way that the prepper is largely showing you around for places where you're supposed to find tools. I'm not sure if it's heavily implied or outright stated that I'm supposed to return to these places, but it does seem like there's there's uh but it doesn't seem like there's much point in leading me to the location of the supermarket if I'm supposed to end up dropping a couple of planks and flares I was carrying to have surplus 
plus energy drinks on the way out uh, than I than I had than to use them to heal from the dangerous zombies that nearly killed me. Um, the reality seems to be that the game wants me to move through corridors, even if these corridors are are in what's supposed to feel like more like an open building. Uh, I'll admit, secret passages and the like do make these places feel more open. That doesn't quite do enough to distract me from how rubble and the equivalent of missing door handles prevent access to what feels like natural routes for exploration. The game... Uh, this game seems like it has intentions split between wanting to be a survivalist sandbox zombie game closer to DayZ or, or the Stalker games where you're taking care of your equipment for when you need it versus wanting to be a linear story with set-piece encounters against enemies you have to improvise to overcome like The Last of Us. In short, Waypoint, why should I plant a, a landmine if I have to go back through this corridor? What? Why would I board this door if I'm going to have to go back through it? It's not like the zombies are going anywhere. Um, I think that is like very a big part of why I didn't engage with landmines and flares and barricade boards and all the other stuff that I could have used for fun, but never really felt um, like I needed to. Did either of you use landmines or or barricades or any of that stuff? Uh, when I was when I was looking back through uh, my review of this game, I specifically pointed out uh, one of my most memorable deaths. Apparently, which I don't remember, but I remembered very well at the time, was that I was experimenting with a landmine, put it down, used a flare on a zombie, and then walked forward onto my fucking landmine. <laughs> I'm sure I took out some of those zombies with me, yeah. but uh, so you did yeah, I don't think fuck around with it. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I did because, uh, like, in reviewing a game, probably, you, it's, you feel like yeah. your job, um, whereas I think largely with this game, you can, like, really lean on the, the cricket, <laughs> uh, bat yes. and, and, like, a pistol. I, I put all, I remember all, uh, in my original run, I put all of my points into the pistol because the pistol ends up being your base weapon with, uh, survivors, no matter what happens to the rest of your equipment, and you find pistol ammunition uh, really abundant in the game. So it was like, put all the points into pistols, and then you're going to be in a pretty pretty good shape. Totally. Um, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it it is what again. That's I think this falls on one of those things that I would have loved to have seen a sequel like riff on and and do more with because you can see like the outline, the sketch of something that could be a lot more interesting than what it is, which is more just, Hey, you found a landmine. Do you want to like try and use it because you like want to go pick up that med kit Um, as opposed to being part of like a larger, like ultimately like I remember playing this game and going, the three things that matter in this game are the flashlight, the cricket bat and uh, the pistol, like everything else is superfluous and the game doesn't necessarily do a, a really great job of arguing why you should even engage with, the rest of it, if once you have these sort of like base level tools, and you know, if you're dealing with a boss and stuff like that, it's a little bit different. But yeah, like there's a, a there's a zombie U two that uh, which is a bad would be it would have been a bad name. Yep, zombie two for that. Um, uh, that that really uh, like leaned into giving you more tools and like more dynamic uh, enemies that I think right. would have would have been an opportunity for the game to create more of those tense moments. Um, because even when I, 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 even when I played it originally and when I went, went back and replayed it, I mean, I probably died a handful of times, but it really, I think in, in my heart of hearts, like the version of this game that is better is where you are constant, like where the game is inventing ways to push you back down the hill. Like right. if it, the, if like it's, it's a problem if you can climb up the resource tree the way that you did. Like, I mean, granted, like, that's tough for games to figure out the balance of because, like, 
you don't want to punish players too much. Um, but I, w- I think I would have preferred a game that found ways to, even if arbitrarily, like, yo, like, other survivors raided your fucking place <laughs> and, like, you lost half your stuff. Right, like, if there was right. just, like, a way that, like, that pushed back on your ability to hoard in order to tilt the balance of the game... Um, I wish the game was doing Some more, sort whether it was through AI killing you or right, yeah, right. Or, or just like there was just a random chance that like your your home base got fucked up. Like maybe because like you could imagine a sequel where uh, you had to invest resources to protect your base. And it's like, well, if you're protecting for this, then you're not protecting for that. There, there are just ways that they could have checked the player because I have that habit, too. Like any survival horror game, I end up having way too much shit at the end. Any Resident Evil game, I have all of the herbs in the world. Right. Because I just didn't fucking use them. I never use a rocket launcher because, right. well, I might need that rocket launcher later. Well, as it turns out, like I just should have used the rocket launcher at some point right. to make a different sequence easier for myself. Well, I ended up – I literally ended up with my home base inventory completely filled. I had to throw away flares at the end. Sure, yeah. Because it's like, I'm not going to fucking – or planks or whatever because I knew I wasn't going to use those. I would much rather sit on top of this, this extra ammo for a gun I'm not using than a flare I'm not using. So – uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a tough thing, uh, Rob. If you could if you could make a zombie t- uh, U two a zombie two, would you what would you add to it? Or either either from combat or design or something else. So what would be your your big addition? Oh, I would one hundred percent just go in the stalker direction. This thing wants like yeah, this thing wants to be urban zombie stalker, mm-hmm. and I say let it. Like that's that's where I would go. Is I would I would keep the like. So it's even structured similarly to Stalker, where it's not open world. It's there's a lot of like there's a central hub, and then there's a lot of like small like wide levels, uh, sort of you know connected to it that mm-hmm. you go. And each 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 zone has its own uh, character and challenges. Uh, I would probably just expand the size of those zones and open up the game a little bit more, and that's probably about as far as I would need to go. Like obviously there's there's refinements I'd want to say. I'd you know, I'd want to see maybe uh narrative a little more baked in. I'm I might want to see a little more mechanical variety. Um but ultimately like for me the the balance this game is striking, the the note it's hitting uh fundamentally works. There's there's not that much that I would need to change. I would just want it to be, you know, maybe the same but more so or or just a little more stalker esque. Yeah, I think I'm there with y'all. I think I think you know you know maybe a, a difficulty, not a slider even, but something like the and the Left 4 Dead AI director or the um or like the the Celeste or Way of the Passive Fist style multi variable like uh, difficulty uh, changes that you can make to where I could be like you know what give me more zombies make it feel a little bit more like Dying Light so that I can't like there's a point at which my strategy of line them up and knock them down make sure i have good range on them that i'm managing their distances would fall apart because they i don't want to i don't want to put that shouldn't be like i I, i'm glad that those sliders would exist if things but i don't want that to be on me i want that to be it's the game adjusting ideally it's the game adjusting because it sees that i have found an optimal like if you have like 50 shotgun shells it then like the game like would it would be great if the game was seeding enemies to force you to to, right like if they if like suddenly you're encountering soldiers that have armor yes. that is only pierced by right. shotgun like they right. like a smarter version of this game in a sequel or something like that like a spiritual successor which i'm always kind of like hoping some one day they do would like incorporate things like that that's like all right 
If you're going to hoard all this shit, we're going to force you, you to use, use it, it yeah. in order to progress. Yeah. You're going to have well, to use the your, – give me the, the Far Cry 2 guns jamming. Make my cricket bat. What happens when you hit your you know, your, your 300th zombie with the same cricket bat and you just hear it splinter? And you're like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, I don't have my main weapon anymore. would be so good. Well, I'm sorry. You were going to say something. No, no, no. I was just like – fundamentally though, I didn't have these scaling problems uh, that, that that you had. Like I, I feel like to, to some degree this discussion is becoming about and a really idiosyncratic playthrough. I will uh, say – well, I, I want to be clear. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I didn't have any of these totally, problems playing the, the game. The forums are filled with people saying that permadeath is toothless, that there was something shallow in the melee combat, that the combat was serviceable at best and pretty easy. So like I'm, I'm – shout out to Justin and Navster and Grace and the Machine and everybody else in the forums and an email who had a similar experience to me. I'm not, I'm not saying – I want to be clear. I don't think that I'm like especially good at this game. I am not dissing y'all either. I, I think that there is a range of play, and I think that both of our experiences should be should be like acceptable for this design. Especially, and I think Patrick, you talked about this before that when this game originally came out, it came out to an audience that had not played what we often talk about as like the deliberate combat of the Souls games. That well, this was- is pre Dark Souls two, right, like when, right. when this game came out. So it's like it comes at a time when Dark Souls uh, had uh, created. Uh, like, you know, Demon Souls was played by a small, not, not small, but like relatively small, rel- you know, right. like small relative to where like the Souls, the Souls are a genre yeah. and, and uh, has has become or Soulsborn or whatever you want to Souls like um, is at this at this stage. Like Dark Souls definitely expanded the, the, the world of people that were the pool of people that are playing those games. And Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne has been like it really hit um, in, in a larger way. So like Zombie arrived at a time when people were still kind of wrapping their heads around it, which is why I uh, had wondered, uh, I think when we had talked about this a, a different time, I can't remember if it was on a Waypoint Radio or, or privately, like, but that, like, because going back to Zombie U, having internalized a lot of what those games right. do, how they work, makes playing this game, uh, I think, significantly easier because it is, it also because it's, you know, like, because it only has one swing. Like, I right. think that is a deliberate choice on their part to simplify like it's a pro like making it so okay so he, we're introducing some complicated concepts when it comes to like like forced animation prior, like animation priorities and like this so like what if we do that but only give you one attack like i found that to be at the time like there's two ways of looking at it which is one that it's shallow if you have like great command over it immediately I actually looked at it a different way, which is that it was a brilliant way to introduce people to onboard them to like some really complicated game design ideas so they could focus on one specific thing that was repetitive. They knew what it did and then the game could build around that. Now, the idea of it having more complications, I think, could have been interesting, but at the time, especially because I think part of this game is a product of its time, it was a really smart, interesting decision because it it just allowed people to wrap their their head around the game in a way that they main is a little bit easier to do in 2018. Totally, and I think that I, I think that that's a totally valid way to have made that game. I think it's an interesting dilemma 
that speaks to we were just talking about this oh we were just talking about this on the podcast that we lost uh the david simon quote uh about about how when and the wire was coming out uh simon the the showrunner on that on that show uh didn't want it to come out in, in hd because that's not what real life looked like because that's not what the nightly news looked like it looked like three by four it looked like standard definition and today that statement isn't true for the for the bulk of the, you know let's say the american tv watching audience HGTVs have have filled the market, you know, uh, Patrick, before we started recording, you were talking about <laughs> someone locally on Facebook Marketplace or whatever trying to buy an SGTV, which, Rob, you noted is probably true as someone who's looking to play some professional Smash a on. A Trinitron, please, a, let's be sorry. specific. Yes, a Trinitron. A Sony, the Cadillac of CRTs. If you were in the Chicago area and you have a Sony Trinit- Trinitron. I can point you in the right direction. Someone <laughs> will pay. They don't just want one. They want a bunch of them. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, they're holding a tournament. You're right, Rob. Um, and, and so, like, I, I think that there is a, 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 I think that you're, you're totally right that, like, at that time, it totally adds up. Um, and, but it's interesting to think about out of time and place where there is a player base, a player base who has engaged with something like Bloodborne, which is so complicated by the end, not just in terms of the weapons, but in terms of the enemy types. Uh, you know, at the time, this game has probably seven or eight enemy types. And I think that they're all pretty cool, but versus the first zone in a Bloodborne, mm-hmm. which is not a fair comparison. Like, this isn't trying to be a Bloodborne necessarily, but it is a comparison that, that you intuitively make if you've played both of these games, because enough of the same parts of my brain are being engaged and are, and are reaching for familiar things. Um, there are no big guys who try to hit me over the head with a giant brick. You know, like uh, in the same way. Where are the big boys? Where are the big boys? That's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. This game does needed more big boys, uh, but I still think it's an interesting game. Like, I don't. I didn't have a bad time with this by any means. I, I I played through further than I was supposed to because I was like, I'm really curious, and I'm glad I did because the game got better as I continued on for the most part. Um, you know, I, I, I think that like after the Tower of London, the next like two or three big set pieces yeah. all did push me a little bit further. And, you know, maybe if I had more time and forced myself to play out the end, I would be I'd be in a different place because it would have gotten me another death or two. Um, but it, it I think narratively and like time crunch wise, I was just like not going to give up another night to this game because it, it just wasn't over the hill enough for me. It just wasn't didn't didn't get me just there enough. So um, that's where I'm at. Uh, any other final comments on this game? Again, shout out to everybody who wrote in. If I didn't read your name out, I promise I read your, your email or your, your form post. Um, but any other final thoughts from, from the two of you? Make a I sequel. Beef. Make a sequel? <laughs> you got beef? Yeah. I got beef with the game. What's your beef? Uh-huh. The one thing I, I do wish, I do wish the zones repopulated with zombies a little more than they do. Like there are, yeah. like they do repopulate slightly, but like, only two. It feels like they're quarter full uh, compared to what they were before. Um, what if they the filled more? Is, what if they filled more the next time you came through? What if it was like twice yeah. as many zombies and it's just like the supermarket's lost? Don't go back there. It's too dangerous. Unless right or you like want. if you re- but yeah, and then like or you know the supermarket is going to replenish a little bit with items or something. So right. like or it's like each a, it's time like, you it's, go it's, in. It's like a day night cycle or like they're ch- like it's like hey for like the next hour in game like yeah you just can't go to the supermarket like go somewhere else like that well, sort of like systemic changing would have been really interesting. And that's the thing like games have gone to school on this one too right yes, like Dying yes. Light is 100% I think like in dialogue uh with with this game to an extent but the other thing is because like it's moment to moment did become routine and because because you got way too comfortable fighting the various enemy types and dealing with those challenges um the game resorts to the 
door alarm trick way too many times basically the yeah. like oh you hit a trigger and oh shit you have to just hold out for two three minutes while hordes of zombies come uh that is kind of how it gates every single like act of the game is there there's a big holdout sequence and they're like they're tense and they're they're fine or and whatever but like it's the same trick like and it begins to become clear that like those moments exist because on some level they know that the in-between, the, the passage through areas has become trivial. And that's maybe the thing I'd like to fix. Yeah. I think also, that... I use landmines a bunch, guys. Did I you? love them. Oh, Fucking man. love those things. They're dangerous. Like, the one time that I tried to use one, I got hurt real bad. I didn't blow up, but I got hurt real bad. And I was like, no more landmines. Not worth the risk. Uh, and then I didn't use them oh, again until the arena fight. They clean house, man. In that school, like, <laughs> the, where you have the horde of zombies. Yeah. Uh, I planted a landmine in the kitchen. And, and threw the door open, yeah. like popped a shot off and was like, come get it, boys. And then vaulted <laughs> over the prep table. And they don't do that. They go around. They came all the way around a kitchen over the landmine. Oh, in like one hit. Perfect. That's so good. I think it's my, uh, all the XCOM we've been playing. I'm too afraid to use explosives around zombies. I'm just going to draw more. I'm just going to draw more in. All right. That's going to do it for us today. We don't have another Waypoint 101 to announce quite yet in terms of date or anything. Uh, so let's, let's, we'll, we'll be updating trying to people. Once a, once a, we were trying to hope to do it once a month, which is why it's like, hey, don't beat the whole game. Yeah, hey, exactly, we're going to exactly. only podcast for an hour. Uh, we have some ideas. Sort of and so we'll, we'll try to communicate pretty quickly on what the next, what the next ones are. Um, so that we can start planning for those. Uh, I'm Austin Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Patrick? Uh, you can find me at Patrick Klopik. And Rob. Uh, at Rob Zachney on Twitter. As always, follow Waypoint at twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypointvice, and waypoint.vice.com. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We will see you on Friday for another edition of Waypoint Radio. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.